give you this because I think this is going to help you. But I'm going to ask you a question first. Let me read this first and then I'm going to ask you a question. This is uh, back to what I was preaching on a couple of weeks ago. Romans chapter 6 starting at verse 10. Here's what it says. For if, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he live, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also, it's a good West Virginia word. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but also to live unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12 says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey sin if in the lust thereof. Verse 13, let me go ahead and read that. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God and those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin. Verse 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you, say amen to that, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So in Romans chapter 6, and through that scripture, I want to ask you a question. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is where? In us. It's in there, right? Okay, now the second thing that I want to ask you, does the devil have the same spirit that Jesus has? Okay, does the devil have more power than Jesus does? Okay, let me ask you here. Does, do you have more power than the devil? Why? Because the same spirit that I've been preaching to you, the same spirit that is inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead also is, is from God is inside of you. So here's the question. Here's the question that I have for you today. Is that where's the problem? Where's the problem and why do we have a powerless church today when there is no problem? The enemy is not the problem. Understand something, that the enemy is a, do you remember this word? My mom used to use this word all the time. She used the word pissant. Do you remember that? Did your mom ever use that word? You probably use that word too. That's all he is. That's all he is. He's nothing but that. He, he is just, you're able to flip him like that because he has been stripped because of the word of God and what Jesus said. He said that I saw him fall. But it seems as if that the world today continues to talk and to put the enemy on a platform that he does not deserve. Are you with me? And we have to be so careful about these things because let me tell you something I'm going to read you another scripture and this will really help you to, to really get this into your spirit 
Because I'm telling you, I wanted to preach this message so bad uh, two or three days ago when I, when I got it done, I called Dustin. I said, Dustin, I said, you've got to hear this. And I started, and I started preaching to him. And, and I've read this to you many, many times, and I want you to get this in, this in your spirit so you can determine who you are so that we won't be the powerless church. And it's in Luke chapter 10, 17. And the 70 returned again uh, with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Now, remember, the power is in his name and not yours. The power of God is in your, it's not in your name, but it, uh, the power is in God's name. In the name of Jesus, when you pray, make sure you pray in his name. Even the devils are subject unto you. Let me ask you, church, why are we a powerless church today if the spirit and the devils are subject to me? There's, you, you, back to what John Sandy just said, we have to take authority because we have the authority. It's ours. Satan, uh, Jesus said this about Satan in, in Luke chapter 10, 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Do you need to say any more? And then verse 19, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, I've said that so many times, all the power of the enemy. Not just some of it, but all of it. We have power over cancer. We have power over depression. We have power over anxiety. We have power over it all. Everything that the enemy would try to throw at anybody, you have the power to deflect it. <laughs> if you read Ephesians chapter 6, where we are to take on the whole armor of God. There is nothing that tells us that the back part of our armor and the back part of us is covered. Why? Because we're not retreating. We don't retreat. The church should be advancing the kingdom of God and pushing back the spirit of darkness. If anybody needs to retreat, it should be the enemy. Not the church. Can I get an amen in this house today? Because it's true. And then, he said, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this we rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice rather because your name is written in heaven. So I want to know if the enemy doesn't have the power that the church has, then why are we in a powerless generation of churches? Because there's no revelation on the power of God. And let me tell you something. Here, here's the problem. And, and if there's anything that the enemy knows, he knows your potential. He's dumber than a sled track in every area. Understand something. I was thinking about this the other day. Satan was so dumb when Jesus was on the cross that he thought he had him. 
Now, do you think, and show of hands, do you think the enemy has got smarter, dumber? Do you think that he's got smarter? But understand something, that the enemy knows your genetics. The enemy knows the territory. The enemy knows your family history and has studied it. (coughs) And that's why he baits you like he does. He will bait you and then walk away. (coughs) And let you mess it up. We have the ability that nothing should hurt us. I don't know about you, but John G, John G. Lake, is that, am I saying that right? Cleared out hospitals. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we clearing out hospitals? Why is the church sick? Why are people in the church sick? The enemy today will rob you of your potential. He knows your potential. He he doesn't know everything about you, but he knows what you can be. He knows what you can be. So he tries to deceive you from being who you are supposed to be. You're a child of the Most High God. Nothing should deceive you. In in John chapter 5, 6 and 7, when Jesus saw him lie, and and I'm going to give you you something that's really going to help you. We're talking about the man at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus said, saw him lie, and he knew that he had been there a long time. In that case, The man at the pool of Bethesda had been there, take a guess how many years? 38. 38 years. Woman with the issue of blood. We don't know these people's names because they were defined by their condition. I've said that many times. Don't allow what you're going through to define you. Let, the, let what you're going through elevate you to be what God wants you to be. So this man is at the pool of Bethesda, uh, and, and Jesus looks at him and he says, Will thou be made whole? Man, I tell you, I wish I could have been that guy the rich young ruler. Jesus looked at him, L.A., and he said, you lack one thing. If I could get to the place where I lack one thing, you couldn't stand me to lack just one thing. And then back to to John at at the pool of Bethesda with Jesus, here's what he says. And the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water, now keep, listen to this, because I think there's a significant part to this that we miss. 
Understand something, that there is no history, no history, no reports that an angel ever troubled the water at the pool of Bethesda. There's nothing that was ever said that that happened. I don't know if it's a far-fetched fairy tale. I don't know anything about it. But I can tell you there's no reports of it. But this man says, so he seems to think that it is, that when the water is troubled, there is no one there to put me in the pool. I believe today that if the church is not careful and continues to walk in a powerless, as a, as a powerless generation, then there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble. And I tell you what the trouble is. The trouble is that the enemy, you've got to understand something, that there is less than 2% that's trying to control this world. And I'm talking about from Muslims to gays to lesbians to, to, uh, to all this. Less than 2%. But you have to remember the squeaky wheel is what gets oiled. And obviously the church isn't squeaky enough. We're not telling people enough about Jesus. <laughs> so he says, the, when the water's troubled, there's no one to put me in the pool. But then, <coughs> I see a turn here. He says, but while I am coming. So this impotent man seems to be moving. But he says, and another steps down before me. Let me give you a couple things here. You don't get healed because. You don't walk in the power of God because. I did a podcast this week about bragging about our weakness. We brag about our weakness, but we don't talk about our strengths. You brag about your weakness because. You have a pool of Bethesda mentality. Think through that for a minute. If we have a pool of Bethesda mentality, then you are waiting on someone else to do it. Oh, isn't that good? You cannot wait on someone else to lay your hands on that person and see them recover. You do it. You can't wait on that person to be saved by somebody else. You say, well, Lord, send someone else to lead that person to Jesus. You do it. 
We cannot have the pool of Bethesda mentality and expect to have a successful ministry, to have a successful church. It just doesn't work that way. Let me give you an example. This past week, we're cat-sitting for our son and daughter-in-law. They are in Spain, and so we're cat-sitting. I've been in Kentucky, Georgetown, Kentucky, three times this week. On the, Christy and I were there July 4th. I flew down on Wednesday and flew back on Wednesday, had a great flight, got to see the cat, got to have lunch, I got to do a few things, and then I came back, and Christy and I left on Friday after seeing a couple of people in the hospital, uh, which Brenda was one of them. I'll explain to you about her in a few minutes. And, and, and uh, my stepbrother, um, we were able to see him as well, and, and seeing God just do some tremendous things that, within that. But then I'm driving to Georgetown, and if you go through Kentucky, anybody would realize the stoplights, you'll have a birthday by the time it turns green. It's the truth. And so I'm at a stoplight. There's a lady holding a sign. She says, I am hungry. Well, I'm not easily fooled. I don't think I am. But so she comes up to the window and pecks on my window. I roll the window down. She said, sir, I am hungry. Can you help me? And so, I, you know, within, I mean, I had a three, four-minute conversation with her because the light was still red, car was behind me. And I said, let me ask you something. I said, why are you in this situation? She said, well, I was in an accident. And she said, and I lost everything. She said, I don't have a house. I'm homeless. She said, I don't have any food. And she says, I'm waiting on, uh, on my, uh, my benefits to kick in so that I can get on disability. She says, but during that time, it's so slow. And she said, and people, she said, do you know, she looked at me and she said, do you know how hard it is for me to stand here and hold a sign up? And people make fun of me when I'm, when, I mean, she's telling me this, why this light's red. She says, can you help me? And I says, absolutely, I'll help you. You you say, well, what does this have to do with the church? It has everything to do with the church. It has everything to do with the church. And I told her, I said, I said, we will be praying for you that everything will work out to the way it's supposed to be. If we cannot meet, let me tell you something. If you're going to preach to the hungry, you better feed them first because they won't hear you. The growling stomach over over anything, you got to feed them first. You got to feed them, and then you can preach to them. Then you can minister to them. Then you can share Jesus with them. But have you ever asked why our healing's not taking place in the United States? I tell you, I can board an airplane right now, and I could go to a place called South America, Medellin, Colombia, which I have been to five times, and the miracles. My first trip to Colombia, 
I was messed up for a month when I got home. Spiritually, I was a mess. I had to go back to work. I literally felt, I mean, because all I had done was ministry for two weeks. I'm talking about in front of hundreds of people, praying for hours for people. They bring you chairs and you pray for these people. And you see miracles take place. When I came home, I felt like the world, I mean, I was a dad, I'm a, I'm, I'm a provider, I'm a pastor, and, and you, know, you just felt the world just beginning to, just, I mean, because you didn't want to go there because you had been with Jesus and you had been, you know, doing ministry, and, and, and I'm telling you, seeing God do great miracles. But I should not have to go to South America to see a miracle. We should be able to see it right here. Every day have a testimony. Every day have something that we need to say. Church, I'm telling you, we have got to figure this thing out. I've seen the glory of the Lord. I've seen him move. But we cannot wait on someone else when there's 10,000 unchurched people in Braxton County, we cannot have the pool of Bethesda mentality. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. 22 says, have faith in God. I played a song on the Southern Gospel Show on our radio station. If you haven't downloaded the app, go to your app store on your Android or your uh, iPhone and download the Pulse WV Live. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, music, teaching, preaching, not just me. L.A.'s on there because he preached during the uh, tip meeting. He's on there. You could, I mean, you, you'll hear all of us. You'll hear all of it. Download it. But I played a song the other day, because I do the Southern Gospel part. I played a song the other day, and I can't even remember the name of it. I'd have to go back and look at it. But it talked about God placing mountains in your life. Well, the intro of the song was still guitar and picking just the kind of stuff I like. But I didn't listen to the whole song until I actually was playing it on the air. And I apologize to the church. I apologize to the people that, and this is a well-named group. <laughs> and I apologize for playing that song. I said, look, I said, this song's not scriptural. I, I said, I don't know what, even know why I played this song. I said, because it's not, has any, nothing to do with, God doesn't put those mountains in there. Let me tell you something. We do. We put the mountains in, in place of us. Because we have this mentality of this uh, pool of Bethesda mentality, we think that the enemy has got something on us when we need to have something on him. And we do. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, who I follow and I listen to, and, and I love his teaching and I love his preaching, he said this one time. He said, you need to scare the devil so much that when he leaves your presence, there's a trail of pee. 
that you've made him pee a little as he leaves you. Once you figure out who you are in Christ, no devil, no demon. Matthew chapter 11, 22 and 23. I read 22, have faith in God. If, if God puts the mountain there, then this scripture is a lie. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which thou hast said, that you say, shall come to pass, and ye shall have whatsoever you say I looked in the mirror today, and I said, John Fowler, you are blessed and highly favored. And I said, and you're debt free. And I said, and you're 206 pounds. If I get any skinnier, my clothes hang off on me. I got to buy new stuff. I voiced that. Stop, stop voicing negativity. Stop doing it. It's a cancer. Stop doing it. It, it strips the power that you have and hands it over to Slewfoot. So Jesus says to doubt not in your heart that those things which you say shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore I say unto you, Jesus turns it around. He says, I say this to you. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Pray deliverance. Pray healing. When your body hurts, tell it to line up to the will of God and be healed whole and well. And I love verse 25. And when you stand praying, I have an Apple Watch. The reason why I have an Apple Watch is because Andy Stout has an Apple Watch. I'd been wanting an Apple Watch. I saw Andy Stout had an Apple Watch, and I thought, well, I want an Apple Watch. We drove a lot yesterday, but I still stood 15 hours. I don't know how it created that. I don't know how it has anything to do with that. I don't know what it does to do it. But I was standing. And let me tell you something. You are victorious when you're standing. Jesus said, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against anything. Do you notice that that scripture doesn't say anybody? Think of that. What's it say? 
against any. Not anybody. He says any. He can, I mean, people get mad at God. Because your mom and your daddy passed, and you said, I'll serve you all the days of my life, and if, if you'll let my mommy live or you let my daddy live. Stop making deals with God. If you have any ought against any, the King James says, that your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you also of your trespasses. But if ye be, do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. You've got to speak to these mountains that you've created. And you can't doubt in your heart, but believe. I want to tell you something. You can hold a gun to my head and I'll tell you, you don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to have a thing wrong with you. I'm telling you, you don't have to have a thing wrong with you. Say, well, I'm human. Do you think that Jesus said that? If the, same, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, do you think when he was, when he was tempted 40 days and nights in, in, the, in, in, in the, the wilderness with the enemy, I think that whole thing's stupid anyway. I mean, because Jesus won, and he was the winner, he was going to win, it was his, and the enemy was just dumb through the whole thing. But let me tell you something. There was not one time did Jesus say to the devil, well, you know, I am human. He didn't say that one time to him. It's the same power that's inside of Jesus inside of you. I, I didn't hear some of you. Is the same power that is inside of Jesus inside of you. You just don't have the revelation on the power. You got to get the revelation on the power. You got to get the revelation on the power of who you are. Well, I've been addicted all this time. Uh, you know, I've had depression. I've had this. I've had that. I, I'm supposed to have that. No! The church is to be the example. The church is to be the example. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching my heart out to you. Because it's true. You don't have the privilege to live wrong. Let me tell you why. Person's in a car wreck that, and you come up on the car wreck. I heard this happen to, to a friend of mine the other day. He said a tractor trailer just right up the street close to Buchanan went across the median and, and, all, and all this kind of, he said it was a mess. He, he said they, they called 911 and we're able to, to get emergency services to him. Okay, but understand something this. You got a car wreck. You got somebody that drops dead of a heart attack. You got something that's, that's going on in somebody's life. And you're the church. You're the example. 
And that person's laying there. And you're wanting to pray for them. Well, everybody wants your prayer heard, right? So, you think, well, you know, I gossiped yesterday. Mm. I backbited yesterday. I coveted yesterday. Mm. So, while that person's laying there dying, you're asking God to forgive you. So you can get yourself to a place where you can pray for the person. You're supposed to be that way all the time. All the time. Instant in season and out of season. I don't have to say, well, excuse me just a minute because I just said something that I shouldn't have said. So I've got to say, Lord, forgive me. And then I'm going to go over and then I'm going to pray and then see God move. Let me tell you something. What I have learned about this walk is that when I grab somebody by the hand and I say, Jesus, let me tell you something. He shows up. He's there. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. I've got the same spirit that he's got. I don't have to pray it up. We don't have to sing it up. You notice we didn't have any music this morning. It hadn't changed my preaching one bit. Probably gave me more energy because I didn't have to sing. <laughs> Luke chapter 137. For with God... Nothing shall be impossible. What does that mean? Tell you a story. True story. Happened this week. Pastor Jay is on the show on Fridays. If you haven't listened to it, he's, this is Jesus Together, part 19. Him and John Sandy are on a run to try to see how many they can do in a series and I think John's got, I think Jay's got you right now, John, because you just started, you're on number three, right? You're not done, that's true. There were times in the studio in Tays Valley, West Virginia this past Friday that I could hardly breathe because the anointing of God was so strong in that room. Oh, I felt him. I felt him. I told, I told him. I told him live on the on the air. I told Jay. I said, Pastor Jay. I said I can hardly breathe. I said I feel the anointing so strong in this room. Pastor Jay runs into a friend of his that he hadn't seen in years. High school. He says, "I like what you're doing." I see you on social media. He called him. He says, I want to bless you. Pastor Jay goes to the mailbox of the Pulse Church in Winfield. Check for $10,000. $10,000. Somebody hadn't seen in years. God, I'm debt free in Jesus' name. Somebody's going to write me a check someday and I'm going to be debt free of this place and every other place. I'm going to be debt free of it. Sooner than later. 
I'm telling you. That's powerful. Well, hallelujah. Nothing's impossible for you. Man, he's asked me to do some things this past few weeks. He, he's tweaking me and changing me of things that I've done for years. And, 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 and he's tweaking me, L.A., and he, he says, I want you to change this. I want you to do this. And I'm thinking, God, I can't do that. I've done that for years. When you figure out that you're stronger than you think you are, through Jesus Christ, I can do all things. Nothing is impossible for me. My God, the place ought to be running. There ought to be people running through here saying, yeah, that's for me. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible for me. We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Don't take no for an answer. Through Jesus, let me ask you something. Does anxiety have more power than Jesus? Do you know anxiety wasn't put into the, to the dictionary until 1984, I believe is what I saw. All these created ailments. Watch, watch Will of Fortune. Watch um, Jeopardy. Watch, uh, was it Christmas in, um, in July? What's, what's that one? G-A-C. The commercials are alarming. That if you have this, you can take that. And if you have this, and you can take that. And you have this, and you got that. And then the lady or the man says, how I manage my depression when did that become yours? When did that become yours? It's when you listen to the enemy and you allowed that addiction to become yours. And now you got a mountain in your life, and Jesus told you how to get rid of the mountain. And then on top of that, Jesus. So, so let me ask you something. Does Jesus, uh, let me be real with you here. Does naked men and women on the internet, internet have more power than Jesus? Does the spirit of lust have more power than Jesus? Then why do you do it? My wife would kill me. 
And if I did that stuff and you knew that I did that stuff and I'm your pastor, you'd want my head on a block, but it's okay for you to do it. You all would have me in a 12-step process. But it's all right for you to do it. No. We're the church. You got the power. So if the, look, you don't think that Jesus wasn't tempted. He said he was tempted every area we were. What about the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery? They brought, him, brought, brought her to him, and from what I understand, she was butterball butt naked. Butt naked. I don't see anything in there about Jesus saying, man, boys, that lust spirit tried to get on me today. Brought that woman to me. She looked good. No. Depends on how much you want to die and how much you want to live. That's what it goes back to it. And I'm telling you, society has changed. Society has changed today. People don't wear much. And, and some of you dads and moms, let me tell you something. We went to a thing one time years ago with, with Lindsay and, and we went to uh, it was like a modeling thing where you could make money and that kind of stuff. I told Christy I said you know we ought not go to this. I said because uh, it's going to cost money. I said they think it's going to be free and I said and it's going to cost people money. So the outfit that Lindsay had on it was alright but it was on the verge of not being all right. And I looked at Lindsay and I said, honey, you're not for sale. Go change. Kids today don't wear much. Guys and gals. It's where we are in society. I've literally been on a stage And praying for people. And literally, in the spiritual, I'm talking about in the spiritual. And, and praying for people. And, and, and walking by people and praying in Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus' name. I got to this one lady. She was about right there in that church. And I literally, when I said in Jesus' name, I turned my head. Because about everything that was attached to her body was hanging out of her shirt. And I turned my head and I said, well, in Jesus' name. And I kept walking. I don't know why I'm on that, but I'll tell you something. You're the church. You can overcome this stuff. It's not going away. It's always been there, but you can overcome it. You don't even have to entertain it. Nothing is impossible for you. So you have to determine 
Remember the sermon that I preached to you that I could go around the world and preach. If it has a name, it has a need. These things have names. So it has to bow. Depression has a name. So it has to bow. Anxiety has a name. And it has to bow. Adultery has a name. And it has to bow. Fornication has a name. And it's got to bow. Let me tell you something. There's more people having sex today and think it was okay. Let me tell you. I don't know what's wrong with this world. And the problem is it's church folk. I waited. I've only been with one woman, and that's the woman I've been married to for 34 years. I don't know what it's like to sleep with another woman. Nor do I want to. Man, I've hit a watering hole. But we just think this stuff's okay. And it's not okay. Through Jesus, you have more power than the biggest addiction and the smallest cancer. I said, through Jesus, you have more power than the biggest addiction and the smallest cancer. My question is this, is what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go out and change this world. Here's the thing. I'm sweeping the floor again. Remember how I told you last week I was sweeping the floor? I'm sweeping the floor this week. It's my job. In the spirit of the Lord, oh, I'll tell you what. I had to stop again. Leonard Ravenhill has a book that says, Why Revival Tarries. I carry that book in my briefcase. I want to burn it. I want to burn it. I can't hardly stand it. I read it a little while and I throw it away. I read it a little while and I put it back. I can't stand it. <laughs> but here's what he says. A praying man will stop sinning and a sinning man will stop praying. A praying man will stop sinning, and a sinning man will stop praying. Praying, sinning shouldn't be in your regimen every day. It shouldn't be, ever. Here, here's what I wrote down. I had to get my phone and type this out. Revival starts at home, down on your knees. Getting out of the sin business. If this happens, we won't have to have programs to get people in the door. This county would get on fire and the people would come to watch you burn. Say revival. This county, revival starts at home. On your knees. 
getting yourself out of the sin business. We won't have to have blow-ups outside and Jupiter jumps and all this stuff to attract people. The Spirit of God will attract people because they'll see you. The devil, here's something else I gave you that he gave me. The devil can only keep you from your full potential if you let him. The devil will only keep you from your full potential if you let him. And the final thing is that we need to invite the outside in. It's time to invite the outside in. You know how it starts? You're in a grocery store. You're in the milk aisle. You see sister so-and-so. And she sees the countenance on your face. She sees Jesus glowing all over you. What's going on with you? Hey, let me tell you. This is what Jesus did for my family. This is what Jesus did for my son. This is what Jesus did for my daughter. This is what Jesus did for my finances. This is what Jesus did. Whoa, you serious? Yeah, what church you go to? Because they're going to ask you. Then people will watch us burn. Mm. That's powerful. I believe that God led us to Braxton County, West Virginia. And let me tell you why. If this place wasn't important, we wouldn't be here. It's important. It's the center of the state. It's where the Pulse Church was, was birthed. Let me tell you something. You can tell me all day till you're blue in the face that this area up here is controlled by this demon and controlled by that demon and it's controlled by this spirit and it's controlled by that spirit. But I'm telling you, if it is, it's going to change. Because we are the most powerful thing that exists. Power, uh, the more power than a nuclear weapon that could wipe out Russia and all these other states that are fighting right now, the Ukraine, all of it. We have more power. And we can lay our hands on the sick 
and they shall recover. We can speak to the dead and they will raise. I'm waiting on that day. I'm going to do it someday. Through Jesus Christ, I'm going to do it. And I hope that there's cameras all over the world that watch it. And I hope they post it on social media. Look what Jesus did. See, that's what you want. Look what Jesus did. Because it's all about him. Not doing, you know, the only reason you're here is to do God's will. And then when you're done, get out of here. Get out of here. I mean, when you're done, get out. There's people hovering around this world. They, I mean, they're just wanting to grab everything they can. I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll have this. I'll have that. And I'm, I'm just going to stick around as long as I can. Ah. I don't know how many years that I've got left, but I don't want to stay a day past what I'm supposed to be here, and I don't want to leave a day before I'm supposed to go. And my job is to absolutely wreak havoc on hell because I am the church. I cannot be destroyed because upon this rock I'll build my church. Jesus said that, and the gates of hell shall not, shall not, Prevail against it. You're in a great place. Greatest place in the world. If you're saved today and if you're not saved today and you're watching online, all you have to do is just repent. Bible says to believe. You know, Charles Finney started the altar call and I hear preachers griping all the time that you ought not have an altar call because it was man-made. Well, let me tell you, an altar is a place where things die. It's a place where we sacrifice things. And there's my spot right there. Any of you could take it right now. That's my spot right there. When I come in this church, that's where I pray. And I feel God right there in that spot. Not that I haven't prayed anywhere else, but I feel God right there. Oh, if you could just get this. Some of you are. I believe it. I believe if you could just get this. Who are you? I'm a child of the Most High God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Give him some praise in the house because he's worthy. He's a worthy God. Lift your hands towards heaven and thank him. Oh, we give you praise. Give you praise for who you are, how worthy you are. In the name of Jesus, you're so worthy. Man, we praise the situation, don't we? But when it comes to praising God, man, people just don't do it anymore. Man, I tell you, I praise God for getting me through stuff, delivering me through things, setting me free in areas of my life, and writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life where I don't have to go to hell, but I can go to heaven because I'm going. I'm going, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, God. You're going through something today, get rid of it. Get rid of it. You don't have to give that to God. People say, well, you just got to give it to God. He don't want it. He didn't give it to you in the first place. 
Send it back to hell where it came from. We need to populate heaven and absolutely populate heaven to where it's so full. People said, well, hell's expanding. Well, we need to stop that. And you and I can do that today. You going through something? Get rid of it. Got something on you? Get rid of it. Cast that thing off of you. Get rid of it. Nothing's impossible for you. Nothing in the Bible says that you're a failure. Nothing in the Bible. Jesus never said that. Because <coughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jacob's going to play. You going to play a video? You got something to play? He's going to play a video for you today. You got something that you need to come and pray about? Come and pray. If you have your offering today and you want to come and give your offering today, I pray blessings on this offering today, God. And I thank you for what you do. For what you do. I mean, it costs money to keep us. But just this past week, we had to have air conditioning work. And, and Steve Reynolds, uh, Mike's dad, is so gracious. Cuts us such a deal, man. But he had to charge one of the air conditioners so that you could feel warm today. It was 300 bucks. And that's his cost. 300 bucks. Isn't it amazing how God supplies every need according to this place here? I mean, so good. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having people in our lives that can fix things. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Oh, I praise you, God. I praise you, God. So if you have a need today and you want to come and pray, you want to give your offering, do it while this video plays today. Every time I try to make it on mine Every time I try to stand and start to fall and all those lonely roads that I traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it. There was Jesus In the way and in the searching In the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in broken pieces Every minute, every moment Where I've been or where I'm going Even when I didn't know it Or couldn't see it Man who needs a man to 
just a minute. So great having you all today. Can't leave without you saying something. What's that? I said if we can't leave without you saying something. Saying something. You gotta say something. You got you both of you. What's going on? Yes, absolutely. What you have when I did that first. We've got the power in the name of Jesus, we've got the power. In the name of the Lord, though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We've got the power. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Powerful sermon, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I think of the goodness of God. 79 years old, but I'll tell you what, God's been good to this guy. Amen. And Linda, we, we travel, we preach, but we're happy to be here this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, revival is here for the people that want to have revival in their heart and their life. We've got the fire. We've got the power. And a lot of people are praying, God send revival when revival fire is already ignited if they will accept it and walk in it. My desire is to daily, daily walk in the power of the presence of God. I'm just going to say this this morning, Pastor, 
I was sharing with my brother here four and a half, close to five years ago. My wife, Linda, was driving down the road, and I said, Linda, I just feel like praying. And all of a sudden, God gave me a vision. In this vision, it was a world globe. I saw a world globe. And around that world globe, every nation, nationality was represented. They were lifting their hands, worshiping God, and the glory came down. And the glory filled the car, filled me. I was filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of 12. But, you know, I had the joy of the Lord. I'd wake up in the morning just clapping my hands. I was so happy to be alive and have the presence of Jesus. Through the years, if you're not careful, you lose some of that. And I'd lost some of it through trials and tests and wasn't protecting what God had given to me. But I'll tell you what, God restored it. And from that moment on, the next morning, God woke me up and he said, Llewellyn, I'm going to train your ear to listen to me. I said, God, I thought I'd been listening, pastoring, preaching. This is going to be different. <laughs> And every day, Pastor, God's been pouring it into me. This is the book he gave me, Haven of Rest Ministries, Songs and Poetry. Every day, every day, it's been a joyous walk with God. And we've got a few more copies we want to give to whoever wants them. I think there's another eight copies probably here this morning. Uh, it's for sale on Amazon, but we're not selling them this morning. We're giving them away. That's and you. Yeah, that, that's the that's old man you. there, buddy. That's the old man. man. Yeah, Linda just mentioned uh, there's eight here, but if anybody else wants one, just put your name down. All that's I cool. ask, this is what we ask. Prayer is more important than money and finances. We know God's going to supply, but prayer is so valuable. We need your prayers because I have to reach people. Every week we minister to Pakistanian people. And I, as I was speaking on Friday or on Saturday morning to the Pakistanian people, all around them their churches are being burnt. Christians are being slaughtered, Christians are in great persecution. Here in America, we don't know that kind of persecution. But guess what? It may be coming. It may, it may be coming, but there's a haven of rest. And that's what this book is on, a haven of rest. God's led Linda and I. There's a little cabin and a little chapel uh, for men's groups, ladies' groups, or pastors, or anybody that wants to get away for a few days, it's available. We don't charge for it. What we do, we just ask them uh, to come, relax, and enjoy themselves. The presence of God is there. God sanctions upon the place. I don't want to go anywhere that Jesus doesn't go with me. Me either. I, don't I carry me. him. <laughs> yeah. He carries me. I should say he carries me. Dwelling in his presence. He that dwells where? In the secret place. Guess what? I find that secret place every day. That's what keeps me going. 79 years old, and I've got the energy now, Pastor, I didn't have probably when I was 50. Isn't that awesome? And they give me up to die. But guess what? I'm very much alive because Jesus resurrected me. 
I had an experience of heaven. I went there, and I said, Lord, if you've got anything left for me to do, would you allow me to go back? Boom. I come back. Wow. And I'm here. <laughs> I'm here, but Jesus is here with me. And I'm telling you, he's coming soon. Hallelujah. And we've got a work to do. As Pastor was saying, we've got a work to do. Yes. Revival is here for here. the people that want it. Hallelujah. And we'll walk in it. Amen. Praise you. God. Love you so too. Good to see you. Oh, it's great to see you. Hallelujah. Pray for us. We're hidden from Maine Tuesday. Going to Maine? Yeah. Now, on Amazon, how much are these? How much are these on on? Seventeen ninety five. And, and I want to encourage you to sow into their ministry. I'm going to, I, even though you gave that to me, I'm going to sow into your ministry. So I want you to do that because let me tell you, I did not know that this is so cool. Three hundred sixty-five day daily devotion. That's awesome. So will you autograph mine for free? You will. I won't have to pay. I said, will you autograph this for free? You will. For the autograph. So he's charging 20 bucks for the autograph. <laughs> no, I know their heart. They're, they're, they're not, but so into their ministry. This is awesome. I did not know this. So I'm excited to get into that. No doubt. Praise God. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being here. Isn't God faithful? Keep us going. Keep us going. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, as we leave this place today, Father God, we go out and change this world. Father, I just pray for this precious couple, Father God, that you bless them on their trip to Maine. And, Father, that you use them for your kingdom, glory, and honor. God, I pray over this book, Father God, of devotions, Lord, that you do great things with it. And, Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to be what you've called us to be. Amen. I will tell you this. Bless their ministry, and you'll get blessed. And even though they're selling it for $17.95, give them some extra. And God will, God will just do big things. Amen. Absolutely. Now come up here because you, so we can hear you. They can hear you online. Okay, you, you just hold it and I'll okay. use my hands. All right. Okay, how many people know a wood cook stove? Remember the old wood cook, cook stoves? Yeah. Had the metal thing on the top. You just slide it over, stick the wood in. Well, that's what God's doing. God's <laughs> pouring the poetry in him. I mean, he gets up. He may be given a scripture. He may be given a word. And he has his iPhone. Well, usually he has it set on the setting that sounds like a manual typewriter. And he's going click, 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 <laughs> click, click. And as soon as he gets one line of the poem finished, the Lord's already given him the next. The Lord is writing... The Lord is writing these poems, and it just goes. And he gets to the end, and he just writes the next one. This what he gave me. In four one. years, he's written at least one poem every day, but one. And he was sick. One day he did twelve. He outdid himself. But it's a continual thing. You know, every three to four hours, he's sitting there. He has here, Linda. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. <laughs> listen to this one. And it, you know, I've heard every one of them, but you know, you're just trying to do something and and just like I can't take it in unless I can look at it so it's it's powerful I mean just yesterday mm -hmm. day before yesterday was my aunt's birthday and I opened up the book and it was such a powerful one that to remember my aunt by because she's been gone for 
oh, probably 30 years, but to hear, you know, to hear the poem that God had for me for that day. Right. And to remember my aunt, it was Praise just God. such a powerful thing. To John, John, come up here and hold this microphone. And before you two leave, I just want you to pray over me because I always need it. And uh, I always need prayer. And just hold that so that, it, and if the Lord gives you a word for me, I will absolutely take it. Stand up, church. Lift your hands up. Lord, I thank you for pastor. I thank you for his heart that is open to you. Thank you for the word that flows through him. Boldness. Boldness. Peace in the storm. The storms that come shall be diminished. And God shall walk you through moment by moment. Not day by day. Moment by moment. His voice shall become more powerful than you've ever heard. For this is the hour that I reveal my word to those that will listen. And I say to you, my son, walk softly, walk softly. Keep your ear in tune. <laughs> because the day is coming, the hour is coming, that I will call, I will call those that you speak to. And I will use a powerful word, a word at that moment that will be instilled in their heart and in their life. And I say unto you, peace, be still. You've surrendered all to me. Now I will surrender all to you. Wow. And I will give you blessings untold as you continue to walk before me, saith the Lord. Peace, be still. Rest, rest in me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The storm shall be ceased. <laughs> Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, they touched me on that part. When you said, you've surrendered all. I have. I've surrendered it to him. And I'm so glad he recognizes that. Amen. Amen. He's going to give it back to me. He'll never disappoint you. He'll never disappoint you. One thing the Lord taught me in my visit to heaven. Man, I didn't feel empty leaving. I didn't feel empty. Because you leave everything behind. And it pays to surrender all now. <laughs> and he, he sees that in your heart. That you've surrendered all now. And that's where the blessings come. Because you've got nothing else. When you surrender all, all you have is him. So good. Amen. Amen. So good. Love you, brother. I love you. Surely he touched me on that. Oh, he touched me on that. Oh, I don't cry very often. When you get a word from heaven, a word like that. Oh. He's still recording, I hope. Thank you, Jesus. Get one of these books. Make sure you do. God help us. Love you all. Have a great day.